Planet Earth scores two major victories. That and other stories on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. Papahanaumokuakawea. That's the name of the Marine National Monument off the coast of Hawaii. Last week, President Obama quadrupled the size of the reserve to over a half a million square miles, making it the world's largest sanctuary. That's more than all of the national parks combined. The expansion provides critical protection for more than 7,000 marine species, from whales and sea turtles listed under the Endangered Species Act to a black coral found to live longer than 4,500 years. The goal is to protect the area from seabed mining and make it more resilient to climate change. NOAA scientist warned back in June that the wider Hawaiian archipelago stood a significant chance of being damaged by coral bleaching. The new designation creates a natural laboratory that will allow researchers to monitor and study the impacts of global warming on fragile ecosystems. The protected area also contains objects with historical and cultural significance, such as shipwrecks and downed aircrafts from the Battle of Midway in World War II. Seven presidents have now taken steps to safeguard parts of the archipelago, starting with Theodore Roosevelt, who created the Hawaiian Islands Bird Reservation in 1909. It was President George Bush who established the current monument a decade ago. Obama has outpaced all his predecessors, protecting more public acres than any U.S. president. Not everyone is pleased with the new marine protected area. Long-line fishermen lobbied against it, arguing that their industry rejects damaging practices such as trawling, but needs flexibility to sustain its annual catch, valued at more than $100 million. The new designation expands a ban on commercial fishing from 50 miles to 200 around the island chain. On Saturday, August 27th, hundreds of people walked through Fargo, North Dakota to support the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. The tribe is opposed to the Dakota Access Oil Pipeline through their territory because they say it would threaten their drinking water, which they get from the Missouri River. The Sioux also claim that the government failed to consider the effects of the pipeline on cultural sites and burial grounds. The pipeline would ship crude oil from the Bakken oil fields in North Dakota east to other pipelines pipelines in Illinois and would run for almost 1,200 miles. More than a thousand indigenous activists from dozens of different tribes across the country have traveled to the Sacred Stone Spirit Camp started in April by the tribe. The protests have so far shut down some construction. But workers have already begun clearing and grading the route for the nearly $4 billion project. Last week, protesters gathered in Washington, D.C. as a federal judge heard arguments whether to temporarily stop construction. He said he would rule by September 9th. In other water news related to Native Americans, about three-quarters of the Hopi tribe in northeastern Arizona have been drinking water contaminated by arsenic. Arsenic is naturally occurring all over the West, and according to AZ Central, problems from the contamination may take years to appear. The Hopi have dug two new wells, hoping to solve the problem, and the EPA has awarded the tribe about $6 million. But an additional $20 million may be needed, which the tribe doesn't have. So the tribe is now applying for funding from the federal government to pay for the remaining portions of the project. But until then, the only real option for the Hopi is to drink bottled water, as boiling it does not get rid of the arsenic.
The most aggressive plan to fight greenhouse gas emissions in the country is in place already in California, but it was set to expire in about three years. Last week, the California Assembly extended the program to 2030. The new bill sets a target of cutting the state's output of heat-trapping emissions to 40% below 1990 levels. It now goes to Governor Brown, who has said he will sign it. Some thought the measure had absolutely no chance to pass. Oil companies had lined up in opposition, and supporters were concerned that the business-friendly, democratically-controlled assembly would not move the measure forward. Also in California last week, Governor Brown signed legislation that bans state funding for new coal export terminals. The bill represents a victory for environmentalists who had sought to block shipments of coal from the U.S. to Asia. According to the Union of Concerned Scientists, California is making important strides in a Addressing climate resilience. And finally this week, if we do screw up this planet, there's exciting news. Scientists have detected the presence of a planet orbiting Proxima Centauri, our closest neighboring star. It's a mere four and a quarter light years away, which is pretty much right down the road, cosmically speaking. Proxima b, as it's known, may be a Goldilocks planet. Small, rocky, and warm enough for water to flow on its surface, but it'll be a while before astronomers can tell us one way or another whether it could host life as we know it. But so far, based on available information, it's unlikely to be an earthly twin. Sorry. And besides, there would be the issue of getting there in time before we destroyed our planet. No doubt somebody at Virgin Galactic, the new space travel company, is already on it, designing future service to Proxima B. This Week in Water is sponsored by the American Water Works Association. Learn more about new water science, research, and treatment November 13 through 17 in Indianapolis. Information can be found at awwa.org forward slash WQTC16.